0: So this is um, part three of self-preservation, the last part of self-preservation, looking through um, or gliding through Genesis 5 and 6, really. So we travel together and we're learning how to stand firm (coughs) against the cosmic powers of this world that we live in. We need to understand what is undoubtedly the most lethal weapon known to mankind. But before we look at that, um, let's look at a problem that started to arise um, in the Genesis account <coughs> of the beginnings of uh, creation and humanity and civilization, community, um, and everything that comes with it. When you think, particularly of chapters five and six, what word comes, If you had to choose one word, what word comes from it? So Genesis. Uh, 5, which we'll touch on in a minute, starts to talk about um, the, the descendants from Adam to Noah, and then Genesis chapter 6 talks about how wicked the world had become. Uh, so one word, if you could choose one, or would like to choose one, it's not compulsory. One word? Anyone? How would you summarise it up? Disobedience, Disobedience. yeah, it's a good word. Disaster. Disaster. That's a good word. I chose chaos. It sounded quite chaotic. Um, I, I didn't, I, yeah, don't worry about the picture. But I, the word I came up with, it is chaotic. It is a mess. It is disastrous. There's a lot of disobedience going on. What happened? What went wrong? You know, sometimes I, I stand in, in, my, in, in my family or in the streets and I think, what? Went wrong. Why is it like this? Why are people so horrible to one another? Why, why, why was I once really horrible? Because I was. I can mark a time in my life where I could honestly say if a Christian, in fact, one Christian knocked on my door because my wife was attending church. And uh, he's from the church. He says, hi, my name is Andrew. Um, he became a very good friend of mine. He still is a very good friend of mine. And my name's Andrew. And I've come from Wall Street United Church to update our pastoral records I said, what's my name doing on that records? I don't belong to any church. I was absolutely indignant about this. And uh, he was trying to explain, and I was quite an aggressive person, and I was getting really agitated. I was about, and this is no word of a lie, because the sort of person I was, I was about to smack him in the face because I couldn't believe that somebody from the church thinks I'm attached to that church. And my wife comes to our rescue, really, because it would have been disastrous if I'd hit him, and it would be disastrous if he got hit. Now, I can't imagine what would have gone on from there, but uh, she came and said, don't worry, I'll sort this out, I'll sort this out. I said, get my name off that church record. I don't want to be... What What was it that made me so angry? Well, we ain't got time to go into that, um, but um, maybe you'll pick it up as we go along together on this journey. But it got me thinking again about that picture I've got in my office. Um, one or two of you that may have been to my office so far, um, in a Uh, would see this picture. It's by a guy called Jack Sherry, and he pulled this together in 1982 um, for a Lent season. So it falls right within our remit, really, if you're into that kind of um, liturgical year. And it's an acrylic cloth with seven different colours, and it depicts um, the world in chaos with Christ Right in, sorry, the picture isn't great up there. Um, right in the middle of it, on the tree um, of life and death, if you like. Um, and it's, it's quite significant. We can, won't go heavily into it. But there's nine scenes in this picture. Nine scenes. So there's a line at the vertical lines then. And the first one is the line referring to man. Okay. Um, vertical one. Vertical two, the center line then, is line referring to Christ, and the line three, the vertical line three, is referring to the church. Now the horizontal lines are starting from the uh, top, is the plane of hope and promise. The middle uh, horizontal line is the plane of Christ conquering evil, and the plane at the bottom of Um, A place of um, gloom and unbelief. So very chaotic, but yet Christ is in the middle because we're talking of the present day. Jesus is alive. Jesus is the conqueror. Jesus is the one that can bring wholeness, healing and freedom in our lives, let alone the whole wide world. Um, He can bring it all and he is bringing hope um, and wholeness and healing for where people are l- looking and turning toward him. So here's the mess. I've got a... Um, there's, there's Jacques Sh- Sherry there, um, and, uh, but um, we're going to have to skip over it. And there's the lines. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, yeah, you can see it quite well on there, actually. <clears throat> so um, there's the lines from the, the picture, <clears throat> okay? Um, you can just quickly glance over that, and then I go back to the picture, and it might m- help to make a, a bit of sense. Can you see the link, the connection there? Yeah, is that okay? Good. So the world is now in absolute chaos. And I I don't know about you, but I do feel like that sometimes. I don't think the world is a completely bad place. Um, I think there's a lot of goodness in it. But uh, sadly, for some bizarre reason, um, we seem to highlight the, the really bad stuff. You know, we, we stereotype them. We be careful, those teenagers down at the supermarket where they all hang out together with hoodies. Then there was a ban on hoodies in, in shopping centers and all that kind of stuff. But that's, you know, we, we you know, coronavirus, you know, it's a big thing. Put it into context, all right? It's growing, it's a serious issue. We should not play it down, but put it into context. We do need to put the world that we see maybe as chaotic, disobedient, disastrous, horrible. Um, Let's put it into context. God has called us to step in with one foot on earth and one foot in heaven. We stand in that gap Between God and earth, and we are the link. He has called us to be ambassadors wherever we are, to um, address the evil and bring an equilibrium in a chaotic world. You know, we are called to bring weapons against weapons of mass destruction. Weapons of hope, weapons of love, weapons of promise, weapons of uh, eternity. You know, I, I, I love life. I've always loved life. And, and I look at my dogs and they just love life. And it helps me to remember what God intended when I'm throwing sticks in the woods for my dogs and they're running and, and waiting, looking at me like this. <sighs> waiting for the next stick. They don't bring it back, um, but they just go and, and they just go and get it and they, and they find the stick that I threw because it's got my scent on it because there's a connection and it reminds me of what it must be like with God when I'm walking through those woods or those fields and it helps me to remember that. Put it into context, Brian. Yes, there is a lot of evil in the world and I've called you to be a shining light in this world here in Breton and Peterborough for a time such as this, as he's called all of us. And I have to respond was, as Samuel responds, Lord, the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And I want you to just close your eyes for a minute and pause. And as I say it, put your own name there. Verse 10 of chapter 3, 1 Samuel. Now the Lord came and stood there. Calling as he has done so many times before. And he calls your name. And my name, Brian. Brian. And Brian said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Let's pause for a moment. And may that be our prayer. Lord, speak, for your servant is listening. Amen. So here we are. Uh, we're in that time where um, it is chaotic and we're in the world. It's chaotic in this world. And, and maybe you, you have one, one of those lifestyles where no matter what's going on, there's, there's always something you're having to deal with and, and um, confront and, and um, sort out in some way or try to find some peace or equilibrium in that craziness of life. The rate of human population in Genesis uh, 5 is increasing at a phenomenal rate, but what's also increasing is the disaster, the disobedience, the evil, the wickedness, as um, we are told. There's three major points in these two chapters. Um, descendants of Abraham, Genesis 5, wickedness in Genesis uh, one to, uh, 6, 1-7, and then God appoint. Uh, appoints a, a person Noah who's got favour over Noah, and we're going to finish off with that in a moment. So, as we look through this, we're going to turn to our Bibles, chapter five, and read the first five verses as they are. This um, is the account of the descendants uh, from Abraham, um, Adam to Noah. Um, including his sons. This is the list of the descendants of Adam when God created humankind. He made them in the likeness of God, male and female. He created them. We've heard that before, haven't we? And he blessed them and named them humankind when they were created. Verse 3, Adam lived for 130 years and had a son in his likeness. Interesting, doesn't say in God's likeness according to his image and named him Seth. Adam lived another 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Adam lived for 900 years and 30 years and then he died and then we go through the whole genealogy and I've, I've really abbreviated it, Seth lived 125 years, had uh, Enosh, Seth aged 870, had other sons and daughters, Seth lived 912 years and died, Enosh aged 90, had uh, Kenan, Enosh lived another 850 years and had sons and daughters Enosh lived 905 years then died, Kenan lived uh, 70 years, had Mahalalel Keenan um, Kenan lived another 840 years, had other sons and daughters and lived 910 years, then died. Mahalalal lived eight, 65 years and then had Gerard. J- uh, Mahalalal Mahalala lived another 830 years, had other sons and daughters. He lived to 895 years and then he died. Gerard um, J- Jera- lived 172 years before he had Enosh and then he lived Uh, Gerard lived another 800 years, had sons and daughters, and then died 962. Enoch was 65 and had Methuselah. Now, the interesting thing about this, um, Enoch walked with God, this is verse 22, after the birth of Methuselah for 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Can't imagine that, can you, having children at 300 years old? Verse 23, Enoch was 365 years. Verse 24, Enoch walked with God. Then he was no more because God took him. There's only one other. Who's the other one person in the Bible where um, just went? Didn't? Yeah, Elisha, yeah. So what a wonderful way to go, isn't it? Verse 25, Methuselah lived 187 years and had Lamech. Uh, Methuselah lived another 782 years and had sons and daughters. Methuselah was 969, the oldest person in the Bible, as, re- as recorded, um, who died then. Lamech lived 182 years, had a son, verse 29, Noah, saying out of the ground that the Lord had has cursed This one shall bring us relief from our work and from the toil of our hands. Verse 30, Lamech lived 595 years, had other sons and daughters, and Lamech was 777 years and died. Who added all those numbers up? (laughs) Sorry, I meant to ask you to do that at the beginning. Apparently, you may already know it, 7,625 years by this time, uh, the death of Lamech. Right, Noah was um, 500 years old, verse uh, 32, had Shem, Ham, and Javeth. Javeth. Uh, When Noah died, he was 950 years. Right, so jumping through that very quickly, um, there's the sort of um, the family tree. You know, I don't know about you, but my my mother, she has gone back to the... um, uh, 13th to 14th century of, our, last time I spoke to her on, on the subject, <coughs> um, of our family history. And uh, there are key points in our family history that changed um, h- the direction of the family. Uh, and I'm sure that's um, you know similar to everybody here. Um, but there are key points in this account of the descendants from Adam to Noah. Enoch was taken. Noah was the promised one, the one that shall bring us relief from our work, from the toil of our hands. There are key points in our history that changes things. And all the way through Israel's history, God had sent specific people at specific times for specific reasons to try to bring the people back into line with God. And it just kept going back And in a sense, since the time of Jesus Christ, when it's all now, he is the full revelation of the nature and character of God and the access point of for all people who can receive God as their Lord and Saviour. And yet, we still find ourselves in the last 2,000 years where we're repeating that vicious cycle of wickedness and chaos and disobedience and disorder. And we wonder why. The world is the way it is. And for us, we say it's Jesus. Uh, If somebody said to me, so what makes it for you? What makes you you? Jesus does. I can't can't give a clever answer other than Jesus. Um, Some people like that. Um, and, and some people are perplexed by that. Some people reject it. But for us, the point is Jesus helps us to, to live through the chaos and the wickedness of this world because we have the keys to the hope of the world. But yet, there continues to be raging, even in churches, wickedness. So here we have those those four key points. Uh, the lifespan is an interesting one, isn't it? We haven't got time to go into the lifespan um, and, and so on. We're going to have to skip over those to get to where I want to take us. Um, so Elijah was the, the other one, 2 Kings 1, if you wanted to look that up. Um, <coughs> so we're going to go on to the wickedness, really, because we need to the, the problem is the wickedness and where did that come from? How did it get so Outrageously um, out of control. So, chapter six. We're going to have a quick look at first um, first four verses for now. Um, the wickedness of humankind is um, highlighted in the NRSVA. When people began to multiply on the face of the ground, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that they were f- fair, and they looked and they took wives for themselves of all that they choose then the Lord said my spirit shall not abide in mortals forever for they are flesh their days shall be 120 years the Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterwards when the sons of God went into the daughters of humans who bore children to them these were the heroes that were of old warriors of renown very challenging text there, and we're not going to have time to de- dip into all of this and, and play around with some of this in, 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 uh, in a, a way that I'd like us to. But again, in, in your connect groups, I would encourage you to explore that and look at a couple of commentaries while you do that as well. Verse 2 I want to highlight. For they took wise for themselves, all that they chose. They took, we take and take, and take. We live in a society, in a, in a world where people want to take. Some of us have travelled far and beyond um, the, 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 the island of the UK, and still people want to take from this beautiful creation that God has given, and without regard to, um, to what that really uh, means um, to anyone else. It's get rich quick. I want to. You can get rich, but most people don't really think too much about how that impacts the rest of the world we are constantly trying to as Christians reverse that curse of cosmic um, darkness and and powers that's seeking to sap us dry and wreck us verse three my spirit shall not abide in mortals for God to get to that point For they are flesh, their days shall be 120 years. Shortened is the thing here. And it's not meant to be God's way. Then verse 5, we'll jump along to um, verse 5. The Lord saw that the wickedness of humankind was great in the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of their hearts was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry. Another version would say regretted that he had made humankind on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. So, verse 7. So the Lord said, I will blot out from the earth the human beings I have created, people together with animals and creeping things and birds of the air, for I am sorry I have regretted, I regret that I have made them. Now, regret Doesn't mean the same um, as the author wrote it as we might um, um, see it. You know, when when I regret something, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I hadn't said that. I wish I hadn't thought that, etc. I when when I was doing some research some years ago, um, the Hebrew sort of um, point is God willed it hadn't been that way. God willed it hadn't been that way. That's not the way God intended it. And and he he wanted it to be something much better, the Garden of Eden sort of picture then. God was upset, if you like, dare I say the word, broken, because humanity had lost its way. God's heart grieves when we lose our way. In all of this, where did the problem begin? We know it began with sin. The the, the the eating of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then they were exposed to all the things. The, the internet then, the world wide web. They were exposed to unlimited information and knowledge. Um, at a phenomenal rate coming through into their uh, little minds. Into our little minds. And it corrupts us. You know, it says in the Bible, and uh, Paul says it twice, doesn't he? Um, 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 bad company corrupts good character. Now... Um, I don't know whether this is true to you, but sometimes when I'm around people that are very negative, I find myself being a bit negative. And I have to wake myself up. I was in a home group many, many, many years ago and um, saying that sounds like I'm really old now, doesn't it, when I say that? (coughs) And um, it's my early walk with the Lord, um, my first year, actually. I was in a a home group and um, they were were talking about people in the church. And I thought, this is disgraceful. And so I challenged it. I said, we shouldn't be doing this. I said, yeah, but we, we've got to deal with this problem. I said, yeah, but this is a brother of Christ. It was a minister, actually. And, um, and he wasn't a great minister. It just wasn't a great minister. He was a great theologian, he's a great um, Christian, he's a great godly man. But he wasn't a great minister, um, and he came out of ministry in the end. He recognised he wasn't a great minister. and um, But we were talking about him. I said, we can't do this. This is wrong. So I left the home group, and, and I, I completely moved away from it. I said, I'm not attending that home group. Then I wrote an article, because eventually they, he got pushed out of the church. And then um, it, they, I wrote an article saying how we'd crucified one of our own brothers. Because that minister once said to me in June, he goes... No, his wife said it, sorry, let's rephrase that. His wife said to us, every morning he comes down the stairs and he cries before he comes to church to lead the service. Now, if we bring anybody to that, no matter what it is, if it's a good godly person, they may not be good in certain areas, but if they're a good godly person, we should never find a brother or sister in that state. That is chaotic. That is disobedience. That's sinful. Now, We've got to be very careful how we engage in the concerns that we have. There's nothing wrong with saying, got concerns, we need to deal with them. I'm a the type of person who says, let's put it on the table. What are the concerns? Let's look at it. I was dealing with a family just this week, so we need to put these on the table. Let's not talk about the people that aren't here. We need to get those people here and sit around and talk this through. It may be rough. The, you know, that table talk might be tough, but it's the first way. The Bible is very clear about it in Matthew's Gospel. If there is a problem, go to that person. If you can't resolve it, then bring another. And then try to resolve it, and it goes on from there. It's a nice pattern to work through towards. So here we are. We've got wickedness. It's come from sin. We know that. Um, but why had it got so crazy? What, what had gone wrong? Where was the problem? Where did it all go wrong? Well, there are weapons of mass destruction. If I say that word, that, that phrase, weapons of mass destruction, what comes to mind? Sorry? Nuclear bombs, Nuclear bombs yeah. Anything else? Viruses? Coronavirus, maybe? Emotional pain. Em- emotional? Emotional pain. emotional pain. yeah, that's good. It's good. What are these... Um, Yeah, let's take on what they look like. What do weapons of mass destruction actually look like? So I've got chairs out here for the next service because I'm going to engage the children in it a little bit. Well, (coughs) let me pick out a couple of things from my little black box that um, can constitute for weapons of mass destruction. One of the um, most lethal weapons going around, particularly young men, are um, big blades, you know? Um, That is a real sharp blade, so I won't play around with that like I did my sword last week, because that's blunt. Um, But it is very sharp, and we know all too well that that knife crime is a massive, massive issue in our society. And I've been working with quite a few people, particularly Milton Keynes, um, how to combat the issue of um, knife crime. Sorry, I just want to put this back probably before I cut my fingers off because that will be maybe um, a bit fun for somebody else, but it might it won't be fun for me because I need them. Oh my goodness me, I can't um, shut up. Then then there's another one. Let's have a look at a <laughs> another one. Let's put it on there for now just to show. Um, <coughs> uh, well, when I was a child, I, I was a bit of a, a bit of a lad. And um, you know, sticks and stones may break your bones, but names can never hurt you, and all that kind of stuff. What a load of old tom! This is a real brick. I'm not going to throw it at you. Um, <coughs> so you know, I got a brick thrown at me because I was a bit of a terror, and I did get into fights, and I beat this little lad up when I was eight years old um, in a bad way, and he got his revenge, and he threw this brick at me, and it hit my leg and it really hurt. I was cycling at the time. I fell off my bike, and I went home crying to my mum and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and But the, there's no mark there no more. But names. you Remember that? Sticks and stones may break your bones, but names can never hurt you. They do a lot more damage, don't they? They do a lot more damage than bricks. Um, <coughs> then, then, then there's another lethal weapon. I think um, guns. You know, n- guns are, are lethal weapons. This is a, it's not a real gun. It's a replica, okay? So... Um, you know, um, but it, it's not. Gonna, don't worry, it's not. Um, it's not loaded. Um, it, it's very loud when you put a little, um, you know, pretend bullet in it. Um, um, it's very loud, so I won't do that. But guns are lethal weapons. Nuclear weapons. Somebody said um, gases. Um, but what is the most lethal weapon known to mankind? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've probably heard this one before, haven't you? So um, <clears throat> the tongue is the most lethal weapon known to mankind. It is contagious. It is dangerous. It is absolutely... We're going to pump it up a little bit at the next service for the young youngsters, um, and we're going to get it out and do all kinds of silly things with it. But um, anyway, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's, that's the reaction I normally get when I do it like that. Um, but let's, let's leave that on here for now, all right? Let's leave that on here just to remind us Um, £5.99, that cost me. (coughs) It says it on there. Um, But the tongue, you know, um, what does James say about the uh, the tongue? Sorry, there's a lethal weapons slide. Um, But James says, verse 8 of chapter 3, But no one can tame the tongue, a restless evil, full of deadly poison, he says in the beginning of the uh, first five of that chapter, So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great exploits. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is placed among our members as a world of iniquity. It stains the whole body, sets on fire the cycle of nature. And is itself set on fire by hell. For every species, verse 7, of beast and bird, of reptile and sea, creature can be tamed and has been tamed by humans. But you cannot tame the tongue, James says. I had to learn it's a tough way because I used my tongue in a very reckless way before I started walking uh, with the Lord. Um, And how we communicate to one another is, is so vital. What we say, how we say it, the body language we use, everything about us when we communicate is important. And the tongue lands up saying... What's in here? And if our heart is not pure, even if we don't realise it, oh, that's because I'm northern. Oh, that's because I'm southern. Or that's because I come from this country or that country. That's just no uh, excuse, really. But how do we take responsibility for the most lethal weapon known to mankind? It kills Individuals, it kills families, it kills communities, it kills towns, it kills cities, it kills nations. The tongue is the most powerful weapon known to mankind. The way we communicate is through our verbal language, through our written language. You know, I don't know if you've ever sent an email, sent a text, and you're thinking, Maybe I shouldn't have sent it, but you can't get it back. Once you've said something to somebody, you can't take it back. Even if you apologise, that's the best you can hope for. But it's gone. It's out there. And it's going to do some damage. And sometimes we don't mean to say things to hurt We're just trying to work things through. But some people are in such vulnerable places in themselves. That's why we have to call upon the Lord and say, Lord, I need discernment. I need wisdom. I need spiritual input in order for me to speak your truth of love, life and light into this situation, into this relationship. we have a great responsibility of the most lethal weapon known to mankind. Verse 9 of James, chapter 3. With it, we bless the Lord and Father. And with it, we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. And he says, my brothers and sisters, verse 11, this ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and brackish water. Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, yield olives or grapevine figs? No, no more can salt water yield fresh. And right at the end of our text this morning, God says in Genesis 6, 8, but Noah found favor in the sight of, of the Lord, and this is the hope in the chaos that we have in the use of the most lethal weapon known to mankind, is that through Jesus Christ we are all favored. We are all favored, and we have to start taming the tongue, re-educating the whole body to use the tongue in a most beautiful and powerful and godly way. Because it has the power to bless and to curse. And we know that wars are not begun because of religion. Whenever anybody says that to me, if it's an opportunity, I will say, I think you are completely wrong. It starts off with two people disagreeing. And then two people going going away and getting sympathisers. to to stand their course with them, to stand with them on their agenda. They build up a party of people and then they wage war against one another. And who are the ones that lose out? The innocent. Those that have to follow those leaders, those influences. And whole nations are destroyed as a result. So how are we using our Tongue. Language changes. I was speaking to a lady, not of this church, in her 80s, who still speaks um, in a t- type of language that is generational. And she was using phrases. That I was like, oh, that's not good. You shouldn't use that. She goes, what's wrong with that? Well, let me tell you. Here's a part of Psalm 23. Who can read that for me? Middle English, Psalm 23. Quite hard, isn't it? Would you know that was Psalm 23 if you'd um, opened up a Bible, a, a Bible between um, sort of 12,50 and 1,300? I, I wouldn't have done. Or verse two, maybe that's easier. A little bit. I'm not even going to try and pronounce those words. <laughs> or that one. The English language. Has changed. So, if the English language has changed, and we've got to try to decipher from Genesis Hebrew right the way through to the to the Greek, to with the Aramaic in the middle there somewhere, and the Latin, and the changes of English as well as from German and so on and so forth, um, we've got a lot of work to do to make sure that we're using God's Word responsibly and powerfully for what it is designed for. We all know that um, the language, whatever I've preached, however long I've preached, or perhaps too long for many of you, um, you're going to hear at best 7%. You're going to remember at best 7%. Okay? Um, If if that isn't enough, best, you're going to pick up 37% of tone from me. Um, You're going to pick up, apparently they say, 56% of body language. So if I was standing here very still, on monotone, what percentages would they gauge at? I I don't really know. We've got to be careful not to ignore our responsibility of the most lethal weapon known to mankind. James um, 3.17 says, But the wisdom from above is first pure. Then peaceful, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. When we use the tongue, that should be what's coming, flooding through. What's the fruit of our relationships? How are we addressing and combating against wickedness? And when Hannah, our youngest, was five, um, me and June were having a heated discussion. It was a proper adult discussion and we're standing by the fireplace of our home, and um, she stood in between us. Right? It got loud, okay, because we just got loud voices. And we weren't arguing, obviously, and, um, and Hannah stood there. She looked up, five years old, she goes, does it really matter? <laughs> and we looked down, and then we looked at each other. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Out of the mouths of babes. Verse 18, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. We do have to stand against injustice. We do have to stand against those who who are um, making mockery of the weak and the vulnerable. We do have to sometimes step over that um, line and become bold and courageous and say, that was not nice. That was not nice. I remember somebody saying to me, Brian, you need to eat humble pie. No, you're not wrong in this, but is it worth it? Just say sorry. You upset them. I said, but, 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 but. I have big butts. You know, we do have big butts, particularly in our churches, right? And we need to reduce those butts. We want to bring peace and God's love. So where are you in that? How do you see the fruit of your walk with Jesus going to invite the band back just to give us an opportunity to remind ourselves God has placed every spiritual blessing from heaven into our lives. Maybe you have used your tongue unintentionally this week in a way that actually has upset somebody and putting it into context, does it really matter? Do you want to reduce the wickedness that's around us? Do you want to be a part of the wickedness? Of course you don't. You want to be part of the cleansing and the healing that comes from living a life for the glory of God. Maybe, I don't know where all of you are, maybe there's some people in this morning that haven't really felt um, close to God, haven't really given their life to Jesus. Maybe you want to do that this morning. Maybe it's time to say, this makes sense. The wickedness comes from the misuse of what God has given us. Maybe um, I've fallen in a trap where I've been exposed to things that I should never have done from an early age, and, and now it's corrupted me, and there's a bit of wickedness in me that I do need cleansing. i going to l- invite you just to take time as the band leads us and finishes off with... Um, whatever songs they've they've chosen to do so, um, and then we're going to go out with a, a with an upbeat one, um, which I love. It's about touching heaven, changing earth. You know the song, touching heaven, changing earth. You know, the more we touch heaven, the more we can change what's around us. How have you used your tongue this week? Have you blessed people with it? Have you cursed people with it? Let us respond to God.